that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark fright, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. Antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thins reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app as we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. It's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine. The Sweet and Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard, and more to make a sweet, savory rub. Perfect for salmon, trout, and other delicate seafood. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience 
and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. Welcome to another live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, that's me. Kelvin Rozier, that's him. Uh, and uh, it is Florida Classic Week. An- another another time where we can come together as Floridians in the state of Florida. And that old brother-sister friendly rivalry uh, comes true. And, you know... Uh, it's an opportunity for Rattlers and, and Wildcats to come together. And all. Oh, hell no. Hell no. It's, it's, that, it's that week coming up where we get to skin some cats. We get to skin, meow, we get to skin some cats this weekend. Kelvin, how you doing, man? You excited for this weekend? Man, I am ready, man. I'm looking forward to it. I still ain't even got them nine in a row, man. So, I mean, oh, we, exactly. we got to not just win. We have to whoop them. By at least nine touchdowns for the next ten years. Yeah, that's they, just they how got I a feel decade. They got a decade of tail whoopings coming. We we got we got some some fur to pull off some cats. How you look? We don't we don't condone any violence against real life animals. I just want to give that perfectly clear explanation that these are just in case well, anybody. Well, if you in. seen that mascot, Brian? Brian, have you seen that mascot? <laughs> they ain't no real live animal anyway. I don't know what that is. That Pokemon. <laughs> that that poke that that Pokemon what the hell character. Is that? I don't know. That's the uh, Sammy Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Sonic the Wildcat. Uh, that's Kofi Hemingway, uh, the third member of our group. Kofi, how you doing? You ready for a Florida Classic weekend? Let's go. Let's go. 
Let's go. Exactly. You already can't, know. Let's go. Can't say it any better than that. Let's go. Uh, big weekend. Big weekend up ahead for the Rattlers. So much on the line. Uh, so much to talk about from this past weekend's game to the events of this past week. Uh, we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about. We cover and talk about all things related to FAMU athletics and culture and uh, lots of positive news, talking about our volleyball team winning their first SWAC regular season championship. Um, now they get a chance to go defend their tournament championship as the two seed. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, our women's basketball team got their first win of the season so early in the year. I mean, they haven't had a – look, the program hasn't had a win like this this early before Thanksgiving since like 2015. So we're excited for them. And we're going to talk uh, about that and more coming up later in the show. We got a Hall of Famer, a FAMU Hall of Famer coming to join us. Uh, coach, former player, Walter he Walter Highsmith will be coming on to join us at the bottom of hour one. And then coming up in the second hour, we brought, you know, we like to bring the perspective from the other side whenever we can. So join us, Why? Jerry Ball. Well, you know, so I think it's always good to to hear what the other side is doing. You know that that's our that's who we got to go against. Give that perspective so we can find out and and find out what what we're going to be uh, dealing with this weekend. So Jerry Ball from HailWildcats dot com. Uh, they do great coverage of Bethune. You know, all jokes aside, um, they do great coverage of covering Bethune Cookman. So uh, looking forward to getting a chance to talk to him and find out. You know, obviously, we know this is a big rivalry for them, but but a lot of things may be on the line for them and their program after this game. Uh, Got to give a shout out to the folks already in the YouTube chat. Uh, Kenneth Rozier, first one in the building, at, first one in the door. Jay Mack, Mary 305, Karen Griffin, Tamara T, Will Davis, all jumping in early. Shout out to the folks watching us on YouTube uh, and on Facebook as well. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button and go ahead and start sharing and letting people know about the show as uh, quickly as you can because it is a loaded show. And uh, we're here for a good time. Not a long time, not too long, but we're here for a good time. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Okay, let's get into it quickly because... Uh, Alabama State was the game this past weekend. The Rattlers traveled up to Tallahassee, Alabama. I, I mean, um, Montgomery, Alabama, and and took over the town, took over the stadium, that beautiful 10-year stadium that they've got up there. Um, and I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I had it circled as a trap game from the get-go back in July, and it almost turned into every bit of that I will say I have loved every different angle that I have seen of the end of that game. I think I have seen like 20 different angles and everyone, I just get a chill and smile. Uh, Kofi, you were in the building. Uh, we'll talk about what happened with Kelvin's experience in a moment. But since you were in the building, <laughs> Kofi, let's start with you. Your instant reactions and thoughts and recaps. I'm sorry, Kelvin, I had to just go there uh Kofi I'm, I'm throwing it to you talk to us Bye, 
how the experience was. That's what it was. Uh, what is know. that melody? What is that melody, by the way, for anybody who who might might not know? Yeah, that's what I call it. It's uh, I think it's Lil John. I forgot the name of that darn song. Anyway, I you know it when you hear. Right. You know what to do when you hear. I know. But check it out. That's how old I am right now. So <laughs> I feel you on that. Right? I know what it is when they do it. But uh, you know, just seriously, um, it was a good game. You can feel the intensity in it. Whenever it's a rivalry game, you can feel the atmosphere and how it is. You know, um. You felt that from the time we jumped on the campus and everybody, you know, the little nice little looks and cold greetings and, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, getting in the stadium and watching Rattling Nation just kind of like be like, they stadium kind of nice and stuff. Like, ooh, this put Bragg to shame and stuff. We got to do something about this. Like, they stadium is really nice and everything. <laughs> so you had that aspect. And then, you know, the weather is that cool football weather. We started out, we were whooping them. And really, the game was uh, vice versa. That's it. Vice versa by Pastor Troy. The, um, the game wasn't as close, was closer than what it should have been. Um, and we missed three field goals. That's nine points. We turned the ball over three times in the red zone. Three times. So even if you add three more field goals to that, that's still nine more points. That's 18 freaking points that we didn't take off the board. You know, for whatever reason, we weren't executed. It was just one of those games. Uh, you know, and Musa um, didn't have his best game, obviously, with three interceptions in the darn third quarter. That was a lot. Um, then they got really gun, And, you know, just really in the stands, I cheer was run the ball, run the ball, run the goddamn ball. All right. <laughs> run the ball. Willie, run. What? We was, we was oh, in the stands. We were like, run the ball, man. Run the ball. So then, then uh, you know, we were still, we never really felt like, the game was really in jeopardy until they blocked the darn punt. And then they blocked the punt. And it was like, Lord, they defense been killing us all day. But, you know, Musa stepped up. The, the, they ran the ball at the beginning of the drive. We got down there, and the ball came down, and everybody was ready to go. Ah! And Sharid went right through his hands. Everybody was like, Florida Evans. Damn, damn. <laughs> Damn, like you got to be kidding me. But then right after that, he went right back to him and he caught it on yep. the one and it was so dramatic. He was like, uh, uh, and everybody's like this. And then he pushed across the goal line and everybody went up. And then just when you thought the game was over, we stop them. We get the ball back. They got three timeouts. We kneel on first down. They call timeout. Then second down, oh my God. instead of what making them that? use the timeout, Yes. We decide, well, mm. somebody decided to throw the ball. And not just throw the ball, throw the ball oh. out of bounds. Throw the oh, ball man. out of bounds. Everybody is making a collective face like you have got to. I mean, just 
<laughs> I can't even. I was trying to the imagine words what that was coming out of people's oh, mouth at that time was like, Woo, you just didn't want to be in our little section. It was just going up. But then the defense, then we got a personal foul. So then they got a 15. I was like, this is not finna happen. This is not finna happen. Then they get it crossed and get it down to the 35. And everybody was like, oh, Lord, they finna kick the field goal. And then the, you know, the little kicker came out, and they saw his ethnic background, and they was like, oh, he might be able to do a little something. He might be able to do a little something. <laughs> but then the Rattlers just stepped up in there. They just stepped up in there, and they blocked that kick and ran it back for the touchdown, and it was, hey. <laughs> It was just overly dramatic. But, you know, that's the darn nature of this darn team. Like, every freaking game, they found a way. Now, don't be doing that this week. Now, don't do it this week. We don't want no drama. We don't want no closeness. We just, we want to wear them out from from the root. Now, the reality is they're they're talented, and they're going to give us their best effort. But we understand who we are, what we need to do, and we just need to go out there and do it. Uh, great recap. Beautiful recap. Um, Kelvin, uh, totally different experience for you from the get-go. Uh, why don't you go ahead and I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Let, you. let you explain or talk about your, your experience with the game. So if you recall, I said that this game was going to be one of those games that, you know, I circled as a potential difficult game. So I was, I definitely was going to be in the house, right? So I decided, well, I don't want to drive this week. You know, it was just going to be me. So I uh, made arrangements with a bus um, Mm -hmm. uh, that was coming out of Tallahassee. And we got left from Bragg Stadium about 7 o'clock in the morning. And we got about 35, 40 miles outside of Bragg Stadium and black smoke start coming out and the bus starts slowing down. So we pulled to the side of the road. They got on the they got on the phone and we pretty much knew we weren't going nowhere. Well the bus company happened to be out of Valdosta, Georgia, so to send another bus was going to take about an hour and a half, and they had to get the driver um, to the location. So it was going to be about two, two and a half hours. So we sat on the bus for about a couple of hours. They made some arrangements uh, with one of the Tallahassee bus companies to come get us. They weren't, they didn't have a bus and a driver available to take us to the game, but they could come take us back to the state and to our cars. So we got back to back to Bragg Station around 11, 11 o'clock, I guess. And technically, with the hour difference, uh, Central Time, could have got on the road and made it close to kickoff. But I was like, man, I got all this bad energy this morning, man. The day done started off jacked up. So I'm not going. I ain't going to bring that to the stadium. I'm going to stay and watch the game at, at the house. Well, let me tell you about our broadcast, first of all. Uh, that YouTube... They had no sound at all for like the first half. No sound. Right. So, you know, being a rattler I am, I just turned on um the rattler uh broadcast.
podcast and listen to Al and um right. in the game on on the Rally Sports Network and and watch the visuals. Um, they also they ticker tape. Uh, you know, it didn't have you know you know the times and and, and it didn't have all the different stats you used to seeing. So it was a very poor production, um, and not representative of that matchup number one. And then just you know HBCU sweat <clears throat> school. It was a big game. A lot of people wanted to see it. We have to put on a better product than that. Um, so I chalk it up to you know we just didn't they, they didn't invest in that they didn't plan for it. it but it was garbage. Just being honest, it was it was bad. But I was hoping with me not bringing my bad karma from the morning to the stadium <laughs> that we would play uh, better. But it looked like it caught them too because I think the team buzzed up there Friday also. And, and you know, so we I've talked about the resiliency of this team and, and, and you know, overcoming and so forth. Well, this is not what I'm going to talk about tonight. I'm going to talk about not playing up to your your talent, right? I'm going to talk about potential. When you go for 400 yards and the opposing team only has 140 uh, total yards for the game, right? you're supposed to win convincingly. You don't supposed to have three turnovers in the red zone, three missed field goals in the red zone, and two turnover on downs when you went for it on fourth down in the red zone. So there really was eight opportunities. We only punted twice, if I remember correctly. One in the first half and then the one that got Correct. Blocked. Correct. One we in the moved second the ball and, uh, outside yeah. of the 20-yard 20, 20 line. We moved the ball up and down the field. Um, but yeah. we we had nothing to show for it. You, you don't make all the mistakes we made, including, you know, even though we didn't have a bunch of penalties. Uh, but we had penalties at the wrong times and still win a game. You're not supposed to do that. So you can talk about resiliency and, and all all that jazz, but I'm going to look – I look at it from an analyst standpoint a little different. Our competition just isn't that good. So we can get away with playing less than that's the best. Um, and we play down to the competition, frankly. You know, South Carolina State, a game we had full control of, and we hung on by the skin of our teeth. Uh, we allowed Grambling to, to uh, get get in, get ahead in the game, and 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 be in a dog fight because we didn't put them away when we had opportunities. You know, um, so as Kofi eloquently said, we have not played up to our potential the whole year. This is game eleven at this point, so we are who we are. I don't anticipate nothing different. And that's unfortunate because our talent level is a lot better. Now, the other area, now, now the defense is, is, spelled, is spelled from that. They are different. The defense since about game six have looked like the defense from last year. They're getting turnovers. They're holding teams under 200 yards consistently. They're dominant. And thank God they were dominant Saturday because that was – gave us the opportunity to win the game. Now, I like the fact that Musa, as soon as we got behind with the block punt, he drove, we went right down. You know, that's what um, um, our quarterback from last year used to do so well. You know, mm-hmm. we he would immediately answer. The team would immediately answer when we fell behind. So we did that. That's good. That's all well and good. 
But man, the decision making and 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 the, and the football IQ. I gotta see. I need to see better than that, right? Uh, the, the, you know, we talked about the run, the, the passes versus run. I I don't know how you give someone a, a, a RPO, a run pass option, and always running down. Hey, we gonna run the ball, and that's it. There's no pass option, and I need to see our offensive coaches do that. Also, when we um doing the handoff, that slow handoff on that RPO that everybody can see coming. Um, I would call some quarterback uh, keeps, and Musa would have to run that sucker once or twice. I don't know what we were planning to do when we. He needs to do that uh, three times a game. Absolutely, I agree with you. I don't know what we were trying to do, what we were planning to do when we brought the other quarterback in uh, uh, from Jacksonville, Jacory. He came in, time ran out. We call a time out of something, and then he never came back in. But it's kind of disappointing that we haven't, we don't know what we got with other quarterbacks because we just haven't played uh, this year. And uh, I know we've been in tight games and we winning, uh, but you know, Saturday's game is a game where I would have set Musa down for a series. I wouldn't sit him down for the whole game. But I would have that second, third interception. Come on, stand, sit, sit, sit by me for a little while. You just need to shake it off and so forth. But he didn't, and they, they end up scoring, and we won the game. I'm glad we win it. Don't get me wrong. And we have a chance to go to the playoffs. That's that's all well and good. But, you know, part of what I think I bring to this broadcast and what I want to bring to the audience is truth. And um, defense and defense coaches doing a stellar job. I love the effort of the players. I know all the coaches are trying to do it the uh, uh, best they can. But we need our offensive co- coaches and our quarterback to execute a lot better. Period. Yeah, it, it. it it is. Yeah, no, it it is amazing. And you brought it up the fact that we I, I would say UAPB was about as close to a our best complete game, but but that's one of ten at this point in the season, right? So I get the frustration. I I totally understand it. It is bewildering that at this point in game number 10 that you would have a third quarter. Now, I will say this. I'm curious about the field goal attempts. I I saw Montre Bennett. Now, I wasn't there, but I know there was a big difference in the wind direction. Um, I saw Montre Bennett say that the three field goal attempts, which, by the way, were long attempts. Those weren't like under 40. I mean, there were 43. I'm looking at the, the sheet now. 43, 46, and 48. Now, yeah, we have a, a All-American conference kicker who can make them under normal conditions. I got a question, Kofi, maybe you can tell, was the wind, uh, was he kicking into the wind on those kicks, on all three of those it kicks? It was swirling in that in that place because it's kind of like down in a hole okay. and the wind was, right. was strong. That being said, again, Three, I get it. You know, I'm not going for him. I'm not, here, that's like saying, unusual. I'm, for him, yeah, that's and I don't like want to make it. I get you, and I don't. I'm not trying to make excuses. What I'm going to is, you brought it up, Kelvin. The decision making process of letting your kicker go out there in those kind of weather conditions, especially after he missed the 46 yarder. I understand where he missed the 48 one because that was at the end of the half. But then you go out and let him do another one from 43 in the same direction 
yeah, that's kind of like, I, why would you do that? The, the interception. But Brian, I mean, we, but but Brian, but after that, we were down there one time in the red zone. After the, he missed the first one, and we went for it, and we didn't get it. And then in the second half, the third quarter is when all those interceptions happened. So it was like, damn if you do, damn if you don't. To be honest, you know what? And there was like no this- creativity. No creativity with what we had, you know, really with the plays. And I'm not saying that it needed to be extra creative, but if Musa freaking keeps the ball at least once or twice, it's going to change the defensive scheme and how they are rushing, what they are doing, what they're looking at. And that opens up lanes in the passing game, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's just another thing that um, we've got to do you know, just really going forward. We cannot afford to be stubborn. I think that we do have an advantage. Um, it's going to be Cookman has athletes. They're going to play hard. We got to bust people in the mouth, bust people in the face, be physical, assert, assert your dominance, and keep it moving. Give me at least one two-back set, at least one. Show me that you've been you looking at, at your personnel and give me at least one two-back set, and we can move. I feel like we, you know, and I know everyone on the FAMU coaching staff and players will say differently, but I wonder if we really respected Alabama State. And I say that from this I standpoint. I think we did. We played them like we've been on. playing if, everybody else. No, no, it's, no, no. It's, if been, we the same, it's them, been the same thing. Look, our team is tough. Our team we, is mentally tough. I think that they knew. I think that they knew how tough that they were going to be. They gave Jackson State all they could handle from a physicality standpoint. They came after Shadur. We dominated the statistics and to the point where we dominated statistically so much that we gambled. We gambled. You know what we gambled? We gambled like a team. I'm all related to basketball, the world I live. When I have the 10 better, we gambled like we were the University of Kentucky playing Sisters of the Poor. And we were just running fast break, fast break, throwing the ball, every every missing layups, missing dunks. And next minute, you know, you look them in the fourth quarter and you got a a five-point ball game. Why? Because you let a team stay around. That's what I'm talking about when I say respect your opponent from that level. The decision-making to to the throwing three interceptions in the red zone when we chose to kick the field goals. I'm I'm just, I'm just looking at it from that perspective. I know we respected, but I don't feel like mentally we respected them because we still dominated and they got a, they got a block. If that block field goal doesn't happen, Kofi, I mean, that game is, I'm listening to the Alabama state broadcast. They didn't even believe that their offense could handle FAMU. I mean, they, they were like, they were surprised as hell that they got a touchdown on the block field goal or the block punt. And they knew that field goal wasn't going to go because they were like, it's way out of his range and he's kicking into the wind. I mean, they, they were just praying for a miracle by some miracle fate because FAMU had allowed them to stay in the ball game. They were even praying that maybe we'll somehow win this game if the football gods allow it. That's all I'm, the, that's all I'm asking. Here's, uh, all I'm saying is this is the exact same decision-making that has been a part of this team all year long. Every game, we come back like, oh, my God. Whew. Wow, we got it done. You know, South Carolina State, we got it done. Um, Albany State, they hung around. We got it done. A&M, got it done. 
every team that we played, we found a way to get it done. Grambling, Lord knows, we got it done. You know, but are we finding a way to get it done in spite of ourselves or because of something else that the other team's doing? I I I feel like we are doing it in spite of ourselves, not like not because the other team is doing something so great. Yeah, again, it's not football. Is not uh, not with this team. I don't feel like it's. I think we're making it more difficult. I realize that you want to score through the air and realize you want to move the ball through the air. And I think that there are opportunities through the air. That being said, that being said, we have good running backs, you know, and you keep things really, really simple. If if I've got a running back that's getting four yards a carry in three plays, guess what I have? But Kofi, my point is you're saying it. You're saying it, you see it. Kelvin's saying it, I see it. I'm saying it, I see it. Everyone on the chat room saying it, but there is a there is a different mindset in our locker room, in our in our in our in our coaching office's locker room about that philosophy. I, I and so look, hey, at the end of the season when it's all said and done, I would love to be able to, you know, have have a have a tea on the porch. And find out from Coach Simmons, hey, so what? Off the record, whatever. Why was it so the times we why have was gotten it so in combobul- trouble? The times we have gotten in trouble were the times when we were throwing the ball when we shouldn't have been throwing the ball. Are we saying the same <laughs> Those thing? Those are the times saying, that we you. literally got in trouble. By the way, McLeod averaged almost six yards a carry that game. Give that boy um, the ball. Yes. As a team, as a team, I think we averaged only like three point something a carry. But McLeod himself, who was the primary back for that game, he averaged almost six yards a carry. Uh, so yeah. um, I don't, I don't know I why we didn't trust that a little more. I know we had some negative plays where they were run blitzing, and they knew the quarterback Musa wasn't going to keep it. So we had some negative plays or some no plays for no game. But overall, that balanced out. And because of our lack of creativity, of creativity, then we need to stick with that. Just like you know, you stick with trying to pass the ball uh, outside of hash. Another thing we've always talked about: all our pass plays are at the hash and to the sidelines. We do not attack the middle of the field. We do not run post. We do not involve the tight end in the middle of the field. It is frustrating that we've said this all year long. And then I even saw where we tried to. Re- throw a couple of jump balls right in the end zone to five seven guys <laughs> and we got this three six four tight ends and receivers i mean come on man yeah that's all i'm saying I, yeah we got talent we were winning all that good but i i'll go back to two things i mentioned in this and i'm 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 gonna stick to this I don't think the talent, the teams we're playing are very good. We've only beaten one team with a winning record. I judge. Yeah. Uh, now we we handle adversity well, but I but yeah. I just don't think we've we've beaten teams we're supposed to beat. We've yeah. not beaten anybody who's on our level or above. At the end of the day, so until we get to to till we start winning those tight games, I'm insatiable. I'm greedy. I want to be great, and to beat the best. You got to beat the best. 
Well said, well said. Uh, Edwin, I, I'm with you, Edwin Moore. I'm, I'm going to go with a Long Island iced tea. You know, whatever I can do to bring over there a nice a nice jar of Long Island iced tea to Coach Simmons' house if he lets me that far or wherever we can sit at. Anyway, uh, game balls. Uh, game ball, Kofi, who's your game ball go to? Uh, Jamari A. Sheree. Um, You know, just really, he's been – you know, Xavier Smith is always he's he's the MVP, right, of this team, mm-hmm. uh, hands down. He's been our one consistent go-to guy that has been on the money the entire year. But mm-hmm. Jamarie to drop that touchdown pass the way that he did, and to come back and 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 fight for that touchdown the way that he did, speaks to his toughness, his mental toughness, his bounce back ability. And I would definitely give him the game ball. Other, uh, if not for him, I'd definitely give it to the entire family defense. Calvin, who's your game ball? Trying to take mine. He asked you for one. I know. He just, he just keeps going. He just keeps going. Who you got, Kelvin? Can't give it to the whole team. Just one person. Okay. Calvin, who you got? Okay. So first of all, I want to make one other point. Uh, that. Go ahead. Um, Musa had twenty-five completions. Nineteen of them were to Jamare. And to Zay, I mean, right. nineteen out of twenty-five, we got you other weapons times. that are very capable. I mean, so, so I mean, you know how teams gonna defend you, right? Uh, but my game ball, I agree, goes to instead of saying it really could go to the whole defensive team, the defense coordinator. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna parse that out. I'm gonna say the defensive line because they raise pure D hell. All right. We had multiple tackles for loss. We had multiple sacks, man. Um, um, from the whole D line, man, they balled out, man. They were, they were killing it. And remember, I said that Alabama State is one of the best offensive lines in the conference. They got a lot of Florida boys on that line too. So you know, you know, they, they, that's the one area on the offense where they are good. And we totally dominated them, man. So, so you know, Jahan and Zay and and um Jones, Dre Jones, and uh uh what's my number 97 other guy? Man, that those, those are my players of the game, man. They were dominant. Um you 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 had a couple guys in there. I was gonna, you know, of all the people, I mean, you know, you got Kendall Bowler returning, uh the 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 block punt. I, I saw uh who was it that just said uh I think Jim General Hunt. I think Jim uh, uh, Hunt. What happened? Yeah. He got that push in the middle of the one that blocked it. Yeah, I think uh, Geno gets the credit. I, I was going to go even – hey, that's Dre Jones. Four tackles, four tackles for loss, three sacks, one forced fumble. Uh, isn't it kind of interesting? Hey, and look, even Isaiah had another big day, three tackles for loss, two sacks. But uh, it was Alabama State where Isaiah sort of broke out. That was his breakout game, and then it kind of carried on the next year. How about that kind of – being a kick jump for Dre Jones. I mean, at the beginning of the year, remember, we were looking for somebody on the other side of Isaiah. Now it seems like Dre Jones has sort of turned into that other guy Steven. on the other end. Yeah. And it's now we, we finally have that one-two like we had uh, last year when we had, uh, was it Savion on one end and Isaiah on mm-hmm. the other end? And, and, you know, so it's like we're starting to get to that point. Uh, so good observations. Anybody's uh, – you guys uh, – in the chats, if you got any other game balls uh, that you want to give out, 
please uh, make sure to mention that. Hey, but let's take a break because we got a conversation with a FAMU Hall of Famer on the other side. Uh, He's coached and he's played in these Florida Classic games. So we get a chance to talk to him on a couple different fronts. And uh, we're going to do that on the other side, our conversation with Coach Walter Smith. I'm told I can't call him Wally. So uh, it is Coach Walter Highsmith that we'll be talking to. Kofi can call him Wally. I, I can't, though. So uh, I ain't calling him good. no Wally. I'm calling him <laughs> Coach Highsmith. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, nobody's calling. Okay. So it's just Coach Highsmith. There it is. That's who's good. Okay. Watch out, Kelvin. All right. Well, that's who's coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yes. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. 
Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. All right, Rattler Nation, Brian Fulford, Kelvin Roser, Kofi Hemingway. It's a pleasure to be joined by a FAMU Hall of Fame coach slash player, class of, I believe, 1994 FAMU Hall of Fame, Coach Walter Highsmith. Uh, coach, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on ONG. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing just fine. Glad to be with you today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us. Uh, for those who uh, may not be familiar, Coach played uh, at FAMU, I, I believe, uh, let me make sure I get the years right. Sometime between 64 and 68, correct, Coach? Somewhere no, in there? No, I was in 1961 to 1965. 64 okay, well, my last year. Okay, that, see, I read it right, but I said it wrong. So, okay, yes. And then, then Coach went on to, uh, he did end up playing two years in the Denver Broncos back when they were part of the AFL. For those who didn't know, the Broncos were in the AFL before moving to the NFL. Then he went over to the Canadian League, played with the Montreal Alouettes, won a Grey Cup championship there, uh, came back to the NFL, or might have been the AFL, with the Houston Oilers, uh, did, did some coaching uh, with uh, the coach uh, Joe Era um, as well. And who, what, other, what other coaches – what other coaches at FAMU were you a uh, part of, Coach? I came, with, I came with Ken Rod. I came in 85 as the defensive coordinator and stayed there. To, uh, then I got the head coaching job at Texas Southern in 88, I think it was. And I came back with Billy Joe in 94, I think it was. That's right. Just, okay. That, mm-hmm. Okay. So you have, you have played – in this rivalry with Bethune, you coached. Uh, give us your some 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 thoughts at what this game is like as a player, and then share with us what is it like as a coach. Well, as a player, see you see, I don't make sure I say this right because I don't want anyone to get it. It never was a rivalry when we played. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's right. I, I can't about say that. you're talking about. From when I we played, they were on the schedule, and that's what it was. You know, we was averaging fifty yes, points a game, and that's. Mm. Then when I became coaching, 
I, I came back to courts with Ken Riley, and that's when it became a robbery mm. in 1980-something. But mm. up until that time, I never took Bethune as a robbery. Our only rivalry we had was when we played the Orange Blossom Classic. We would bring the best black team in the country down to Miami to play them. And that was a rivalry game. Tennessee State was our biggest rivalry game every year. Mm-hmm. We didn't worry about mm-hmm. Southern and those teams. That that wasn't uh that wasn't a problem with us because, like you said, we we were loaded during those days. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well said. So, uh, Kofi, go ahead. Yeah. So, Coach, Coach, when Coach came back that first time, he actually was my neighbor down the street off Victory Garden Drive and everything. So I used to uh, <laughs> yes, try to send some energy that way when we be playing. But uh, seriously, man, your players really love you. And um, one of the games that I remember the most was the game where we were a 41-point underdog to Georgia Southern back in 1987. <laughs> Yes, sir. And what did you all do to those guys to make those guys get up for that game and ultimately believe that they could win? Because, you know, I was sitting there like they killed, they beat us the last two years, and, you know, here we are again. But I remember that game in Jacksonville and getting out there, man. So that's right. Tell us about that preparation, what you guys did. But you know, the biggest thing with me in preparation has always been one thing. I think you practice, you play the way you practice. I probably had the most spiritual practices. They used to, want, Ken didn't want me to practice hard because we did everything we was going to do in a game. And I can tell you Wednesday how we were stealing. They was running that triple option, Georgia Southern, and we had that down to a T then. BK, we had several moves, and we, we knew. We knew we were going to win that game. It's just by the way we practiced that week. And that's how I could say it before we go. I just said, Ken, I said, Ken, this is going to be a good one. I said, the dogs are ready today. They're hungry today. And mm. that's how you know your team. See, I, I tell everybody, I, and I tell you, say, you practice what you preach. If you don't do it in practice, but now the football changed now. I think you got to give them so many breaks to get water and wipe off and go to the bathroom and shit. I, I, I don't. It's just a different game. And what you see on the game, there's that's what you get. It's just Uncle a Coach. different game, but it, it's a different game. And I, and I, you got to say, it be getting on the courts, but I tell you, shit, the courts can't do too much. You can't holler at him. You can't say nothing to him. I was a hands-on coach. And the hands would be on you if you messed up. You had that's how I was <laughs> yeah. raised. That's how we was raised. Florida and them court right. bodies. And they were hands on you. You just didn't mess up. They made you get the best out of you. And that's mm-hmm. what I remember. And I, and I and I went to high school. I did the same thing. We was winners then. Everywhere I coached, that's where I was. But now, like I said, I couldn't coach now. Because you can't, that you'll be in jail now if you try to push a kid so far. So, wow. you know, I, I, yeah. I, I sympathize with the coaches now. I, I do, because some of those guys yeah. I see, man, I'm going to tell you, if they could really get pushed, they'll see what it would be about. They don't know what they can do. Mm-hmm. 
I see them I'm laying down. They work when they get ready to work. They work when they get ready to work. Mm. i coach. So tell me about playing. You played for Coach, the, the obviously, the greatest coach of all time, and Alonzo Jake Gaither. What was that like being under him and his leadership? Greatest man, greatest in his coaching staff that people don't realize. Coach Gaither probably, I named my son Alonzo after Coach Gaither. Okay. I, Coach wow. Gaither would probably talk to me two times. Do you know who was his name? His assistant coaches, Coach Pete was my coach, Pete Griffin, Coach Tuts, Coach Bobby Lane. These were the coaches who ran the team. They was everything. Jake didn't have to do but organize. His assistant coaches was assistant coach game day. Jake didn't know when the hell was going in the game. The assistants ran the game. And when she became a captain of the team, when I, as a freshman, I was on the blood, I was on the uh, running games. <laughs> as a sophomore, I started as a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, four years there as a freshman. And I was a center. And we knew we were going to play the first fourth quarter. We knew when the games got out of hand, blood lead, sweat lead, tear lead, then we would come in. And that's how it was. You, you, they, you didn't have to ask to go in the game. You knew you were going to get in the game. And Jake be right there to have his press conference, and that was it. Now, he's going to tell you about his quarterback. Jake worked with his quarterbacks now. He, he, that's who he worked with. But the rest of the ball players there, they were with their position coaches. Hubbard coach. And this is my last question before I turn it back over because I know, like, the uh, we had a discussion online about the greatest running backs in FAMU history, right? <laughs> so I, that's when I, they, I, I saw some names in there. I know, in fact, I coached some of them. And I'll tell you what, when you start talking about great running backs, you got to go, you start the list. You, the, the first one you better put on there is Willie Gallimore. Okay. Then uh -huh. when you finish Willie, Willie Gallimore, you better go to Clarence Childs. Hmm. See, people don't even know who that is. Clarence Childs. When you finish Clarence Childs, you got Bob Paramo. When you finish Bob Paramo. China Dog. Yeah, China Dog. That's right. Then, then you're talking about going down the line of great quarterbacks. You don't even call people like Eugene White. Chicken Shack, Earl Wilson. These guys were good backs, but they weren't in the class. You, you don't, yeah, you, you don't. They weren't in the class of. Who was Bob Hayes was running back, but shit, he was on on the third team running back. He was back there with us. Bobby Phelps was up there with the first team. Gene Thomas was on the next team. And you forget about Hewitt Dixon. Those were the guys who were running back. See, we, had, we were so deep in running backs, I can tell you. When Jake wanted to put his nine flat running backs together, he would put Bob Perrimo 9-3, Eugene White 9-2, and Bob Hayes 9, wherever you want to put it. They were in the backs at the same time, that kind of speed, in wow. 1961. Everybody wow. in the the, rece the receivers at wide, Al Dixon was 9-4. Bookie Collins was nine. All these, this kind of speed we had. And we were slow guys. 
Uh, I gotta tell you, you never be, uh, you never believe the things on my speed. If we had so much speed, the running backs, like I said, you it's when you start trying to pick out a class of running back, those will have to be the ones I would put up front. Now, all the other guys who came after them, they were going and they carried the ball. I don't think Paramo them carried the ball ever, carried the ball 15 times a game. They, didn't, they couldn't because they weren't on the right team. That blood team stand in the first quarter. Then the next thing, but we would have about six players in that game that rushed for 70 yards. Wow. And that's the difference. We didn't have no one back. Now, Clarence Childs, when he was there, that was in 1960. Childs was the oldest back he used to use. And I imagine Childs probably rushed for 2,000 yards. Yeah, Bob Paramo. Bob Paramo. Every, every time he would touch it, you're talking about 94, 95. I can, that's the kind of speed he had. And, he, and all wow. those guys I'm talking, they all went to the NFL. Wow. Sweet I'm sitting I don't know about. What was that? What was that name, Coach? Sweet Gene Thomas out of Boston. Running back. Sweet Gene Thomas. Yes, Coach. You see that? It went to love Super these Bowl with running back, fullback. Yes. So, Coach, hey, I don't know about you. Know, so, huh? And you know about Go Bobby ahead, Phelps. That was my roommate. Bobby Phelps, Big Bobby, was 240 pounds to run with anybody. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, you know what's funny? Uh, I uh, let me, let, Kelvin. Let me ask this real quick of Coach. You, all these names, and obviously you had, I mean, multiple guys uh, in, in say in one season where you had the first, second, third, fourth team. And everybody, what was the competition like amongst the players? Because this day and oh. age, we, we we have an era where guys don't like the amount of touches. They they go to the transfer portal and all that. But talk about the mentality of competition. You know, you got to realize the mentality. I'm going to put it this way. When we went in the camp, we had offensive linemen. It was 15 centers. It was 30 guards. It was 30 tackles. It was another 30 tight ends. Listen to what I'm saying. Quarterbacks, we have as many as 15. Running backs all over the place. They, they'd be putting a depth shot up. Your name be on the floor. It'd be so many people. But you got to realize, it wasn't no limit on scholarships. Jake could bring anybody he in, anybody he wanted. <laughs> in my freshman class in 1961, we brought in 135 guys. Holy cow. And, 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 and like I said, all the guys you're talking about where the competition was, so you had to go down in the pit. That's where everybody had to go before they can go to the team. And the pit is where body ran. That was, of course, Williams. And we was a scrimmage, everybody, every day. When they want to be, be the other team uh, practice squad, we was playing Alabama State, we would be Alabama State running their stuff. And how you got out of there? When you run that ball better than Alabama State, and we did. 
They said, y'all got to take Butler from down there and bring him up on this Boston team. He killing us. You got to bring Bobby <laughs> Phelps from down there. He said, we killing us. We need them up there. <laughs> That's how it was. You won your position by the way you played on the practice field. Wow. So what about Palatka Red, Coach? That was my roommate, Big Dan, and I started together. But, but like 1961, David Daniels. David Dan. That was, he go. was my roommate. Me, him, Ernest Hart. And our, we was all together there. Yes, sir. Class of 61. Go ahead, Cal. Jump in there. Go ahead, Cal. You're yeah, on mute, Kelvin. You're on mute. Is he muted? Uh, he might huh? be. You're on mute, Kelvin. Okay, coach. No, I'm not. There, there he is. He's there. He's there. Go ahead. Okay, coach. So first, I want you to talk about your nickname. You know, there's a lot of great nicknames back in those classes and stuff. But I wanna, I want you to tell the story about your nickname. And then secondly, I want you to talk about you was a, you're legendary for your recruiting. All right, um, and especially during Billy Joe time, man. Some of the stories that are out there. And you credited with bringing a lot of the rap boys in and the, and the core of that team. So talk about your <laughs> recruiting philosophy and, and some of the tricks of the trade you use. But talk about your nickname first. Well, his nickname came from members in high school. Uh, I I was played both ways back then in Little Lake Wales, Florida. And every time I hit somebody, I'd, even, I'd knock them out. And the guy said, man, he's dirty as a buzzard. And right one sec. That's what we gonna call him. Every time I catch him, we had a running back, and he'd be running the ball. I'd be going downfield. I'd make him run to me, and I'd throw a block. And every time I throw a block, he'd go out the game. They said that's dirty, man. I said that's not dirty. That's the way you play. And for us recruiting, like I said, see, I, I, I tell you, we had a thing. Even with Ken, they had a thing going out recruiting. I look at one thing about recruiting it. I don't need to worry about no size. In football, you you got to be able to run, block, and tackle. And I always try to say, I wasn't trying to recruit for the NFL. I was recruiting for FAMU. You may not have to the NFL, but you could definitely play for us. And that's how I used to get my defensive line. Everybody can then run on, on the running back, them defensive linemen, them fullbacks. He said, Coach, you too slow. I said, give him to me on defense. I put him on that defensive line. They'd be just as fast as they could see. And and that's how you recruit. You got to bring bodies in to get something. You just can't bring in 12 guys and think you're going to have. You got to bring enough guys so you can have competition. And how you get those guys in, my biggest thing was, I mean, I can't get you on scholarship, but I sure will get you as a walk on that. You spill out these papers right here. Yes, sir. Yeah. You fill these papers out right here. And I'd get them papers and take them up to Miss Ann's them, and she'll help me and stuff and tell me how to go about it. And I'd get them to say, say y'all, uh, of course, send him a letter. He's coming up there. We all, we're going to we'll put him up in the dormitory. He'll have his meal books and everything by the time school starts. And if he's good enough, he'll get a scholarship. And that's how I came in. A lot of guys came up there. They said, "What's all those steal my money I'm getting? I don't want to be on scholarship because y'all don't get nothing. See, that was, see, they be talking about who's on scholarship. I said a lot of guys I used to bring in from Miami. Where they, I knew they was going to qualify for everything. 
I knew they was going to qualify. They didn't have a dime. They had to qualify. But nobody never told them that, and they would go different places. Other coach. So, you know, you coach down there in that Miami and that South Florida area where it's the best football in the nation. Um, you were at the start, I guess, when uh, Howard Schnellenberger first started. Um, I believe you were at Edison at the time when uh, uh, Schnellenberger started going into the hood and getting our guys. Can you talk about that little transition? Well, the biggest thing about it, I went to Edison. I, I went down in 1981-82, and Schnellenberger went there in 1980-81, and my son was at Columbus High School, and Melvin Braddon was at Northwestern. And uh, Howard, Say hell, he went over to Northwestern and said, I'm going to try to get some of these kids. He's, it was my school there, but he talked to me. I said, Coach, you got to go over there. I'm the best ball player. Y'all got to get them boys. He said, you think we can get them? I said, go over there and see. They said, we're going to try to get your son. I said, but that's up to him and his mama. So they started. They went in and it worked. And that's what happened. And then Jimmy and them came in and they started going up and finding all them ball players right there. Because I can tell you, we it was, it was real good over there. Because I'll tell you what, that was the greatest days I ever had in football when I was there at Edison. We had some sticks down there. Didn't win that much. We got together one, 10 in a row one year, but that was all my quarterback I had down there, old Greg Jones. You know, we was we was pretty good, but I seen a lot of guys like I, they be coming on the beach, they be coming all better. Looking over all those kids, I go to Northwestern and start plucking out ball central. I come there and I say, every one of y'all started family, and they did. Richard Brooks, I took him out of Northwestern. He came, he was the rookie of the year. My quarterbacks, wow. Otima, and all these guys come there. I say, they can play, man. I say, y'all got to get them there. I say, Quay Nunley, Keenan Lamb, all yeah. those are my boys that I brought up there. Mm -hmm. Boys could play. I'm a coach. So, you know, but like they say good. they say you can play a little bit of space, coach. I heard you can play a little bit of space. So you the type of space player to be slapping the cards down on the table and everything. You talk a little <laughs> noise. Like, like what how you play, coach? <laughs> I don't slap on the <laughs> yeah, Come on, coach. You know he, he laughing because he know he does. <laughs> you sound like you slapping down, coach. <laughs> Yeah. He hit that laugh. I know that laugh. He the type that reneg and say, "What you talking about? What you talking about? <laughs> start changing Take the subject, call. telling stories. Coach, start telling Take stories. Next week, you know, you don't forgot. Take that car for money to sleep, boy. Who got that queen? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got that queen. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, you know, they're talking, I said right now, I, I wish they would give the guy a chance to coach up there because I tell you, man, he, he, he goes through a lot of stuff. I look at, I'm glad I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to coach under conditions. He was going to start the year off when he didn't know who was going to be playing and all that shit. Like that, that's, Billy Joe didn't have to worry about that in Kim. We had all that shit done right. before it started. We knew everybody who was eligible and everybody was going to blow in there. 
And I don't know how I would have liked pro- that protocol stuff myself. I don't know how that shit worked. I know I would, it'd be hard for me to be recruit some kids playing for me that I'll bring somebody in in front of them and put them in there. Because hell, if you left one school, they might leave you too. That's just my thinking about it, but they say everybody does it. So who, Pull your uh, camera coaches, down just you a little walk- bit, Coach. Huh? Pull your camera down just a little bit. That right like there? down towards you. The other way. There right we go. here? Yeah, a little bit more. Here? Yes, sir. All Love right. it, Coach. What about that's all right. Hey, Coach, so. Yes, sir. Who, yeah, that's good. That's good. Who, uh, who as you watch, uh, you know, uh, college football or black college football or FAMU, who impresses you as a coach uh, or, or either a player? Who are, who are some people that you watch and kind of kind of warms your heart when you say, I love the way he plays or I love the way he coaches and calls a game? Uh, I say uh, I like Eddie Robinson. I think he's a hard-nosed guy at Alabama State. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't, like I said, of course, Simmons, I knew, he, I mean, when he was at uh, Prairie View, uh, mm-hmm. I see him, uh, I don't know the people he got around him. He's, he seemed to be a quarterback as assistant to everything, and sometimes you have to wonder how good his assistants be, but I don't, I, I'm, I'm not sure, I think he does a good job with what he has to work with, he's a nice guy, and uh, I don't know, uh, when you work for Billy Joe, it's been coaching because we had a certain thing we did with Billy Joe. We knew everything that was going on on the field. From the time we walked in that office on Sunday to the time we hit that bus or plane on that Friday, we know what we were doing. We knew every play we was going to call and we know where every defense was going to be. We knew the personnel was going to be in the game. That was our jobs at coaches. Had to know that to work for Billy, and I tell you what, he is—he's probably the greatest coach I ever worked for. Other coach, uh, yeah. Um, all right, so coach, any uh, any uh, all right with the with the Florida Classic coming up this weekend, uh, FAMU needing a win to get to the playoffs. Um, I well, actually, you did you get a chance to watch? This uh, past, you mentioned Eddie Robinson. Uh, did you get a chance to watch the game uh, this past Saturday, the Alabama State FAMU game? Yes, I did. Care, care, one of my bo- any, one uh, of my guys, one of the the defensive back coach, Coach James Williams, played for me at Texas Southern. Okay, uh, Alabama State. He played for me at Texas Southern, so he he gonna call me and tell me. But like I say, uh. We made a hard game out of it. It should have been over. I, like I said, I don't understand. I don't see a lot of things. I would ran the ball. I don't think they could have stopped the run at all. They, they shouldn't be able to win if we don't go out, go out and lay an egg. Mm-hmm. And where they got to not lay an egg is on special team. You can't let them run no kickoff back. You got to go down, and the special team has got to be strong for you. And let them run that ball and all that other stuff. But let me tell you, you get in the passing contest with the quarterbacks we got, they're going to throw some interception. 
that's just my looking at the same from what I've seen in the team. They need to run the ball. They'll be yeah. better off running, I said that. How about coach? We agree with you, coach. We agree. But uh we <laughs> oh, I, like I, said, I don't I just I catch all the games. I got that ESPN stuff. I can see all the games. Right. Okay. And I just nice, think nice. they need to run the ball. I got you. Kofi, go ahead and uh, any final questions, go ahead and wrap it up with Coach. Yeah, okay. Coach, so I know you all, you know, Thanksgiving is next week and everything, so I know y'all do everything big in Texas. So what's on the menu, Coach? <laughs> Man, see, I'm at there. I got my daughters, my granddaughters. They all doing all that. I don't have to worry about that no more like I used to have to do. They bring right. it all to me. I'm going to get get me some of that. Uh Crown Royal Alpha. Okay. <laughs> <Save my> okay. <laughs> that, okay. That's what I'm going to do. They're going to do yes, the Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How about Coach? <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, I'm glad to see you, you guys doing this, man. This is real good. Thank Look, you, so from a recruitment standpoint, and I know you've been that recruiter, but you've had world-class athletes in your home. So what was it like for these guys to actually come to you and try to talk to your guys or talk to your kids about going to their school? And what should parents be looking for moving forward? Well, the first the only thing the parents can't look for no more because they got that they got these people now, the agents and everything going around now. That's right now, kid pretty much know they done took the kid out of high school. You better get to the high school course because he didn't want to make the difference where the kid go. It ain't like it used to be. Uh, hey, the kids right now, when the time he get to the parents, he be done signed, got a deal going with his parents and everything through the high school course. It's going it's wow. pretty hard. But I can tell you one thing that they can do if they keep doing, don't worry about don't go look at the skies you got look at the schedule you got and always to believe in how you can develop i used to take a kid that was six foot two and 200 pounds i said in four years i know i can put 40 pounds on him you got to be able to develop your own kids and that's what you got to do you got to right now the biggest thing they need to be looking for right now i would have three or four quarterbacks come in every year you got to have somebody to throw that ball. They got people that can catch it. You got people that can run it. But you don't know who's going to be the quarterback. Yep. You should never worry about a quarterback this day and age. Many quarterbacks out there. So true. Hubba, Coach. It's true. Hubba. All they got to do is come to Houston. I, they come to Houston, I could give them three or three or go back up there and play. Well, we going to be calling you, Coach. We going to be calling you. I, I send you my list. Hey, there we who's go. the Let's coach go. that covers the who's the coach that covers the Houston area? We we got to get him out there. We got to find a way to get out there. Hey, I didn't ask that guy. I didn't ask for him three or four times. Uh oh. Uh oh. I don't open up. I don't open up. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. No, well, I ain't gonna say I... nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> when I get somebody, we coming, I call coach. Billy Rose. I call Billy Rose. There we go. You know, you know, you know who to call. Hey, I uh, Coach. When I got 
Yes, sir. I, you know who to call. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, Coach, we want to thank you for your time this evening. It is really a, truly a pleasure. Uh, I, hey, look, I, first off, I'm thankful that you, you responded to Kofi's list and then that we were able to make this happen. Uh, it's an honor to be able to talk to one of the legends. Anytime, Coach, you want to talk to us, because uh, we're going to call him back. I, I got his number now. To- I got I got his number now. I'll be calling him them game days now. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. 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 <laughs> hey, we 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 right, have a, we have a segment with Coach Hightower. Whenever we do it, whatever we make Man. it happen. Okay. Good deal. All right, Coach. Be well. Right, thank you. Uh, have a good thank weekend you, and a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thank you for your time. All right. Keep striking, Coach. Let's go. The fam, you gonna make us happy. Let's go. Yes. Yes, sir. We're going to be happy this weekend. No no choice but to be happy. All right. Thank you, Coach. Wow. Just in case. Just uh, in case. Hey, look. <laughs> where's the tailgate at? I got you, Coach. Uh, I got Coach back. Woo. Let's go. You got Coach back just in case. Yeah, boy. Can't wait. I'm ready to tailgate now. Y'all got me Let's ready to go. skip the Friday now. Ready to skip the Friday with the classic coming right in town. I don't have to go far. I don't even have to drive far. This is beautiful. Hey, uh, just a reminder, we are working on our tailgate Saturday, planning on doing a live show from down to the tailgate this upcoming Saturday. So plan on finding out from us. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we know the exact location. That's we'll let you know. We're going to be doing something probably about 10 in the morning till about 1130. Um, and then the game is at two o'clock or is it two 30, two 30, two 30. It's a two 30 Eastern kickoff. So after we do the show, uh, we're going to get ourselves together and then head into the stadium, but we want to see you. Those of you who are watching us, you've been a part of this experience for the last two years. We want you to come down to the tailgate hangar. Even if you just cruise on by to say, Hey, what's up? You know, we appreciate you guys, those of you who we see at the stadiums or when we go to the games, we appreciate you being a part of this. Let's this take a commercial weekend, so we finna be crunk. There it is. There it is. Uh, coming up on the other side, we're going to get the Wildcats. We're going to find out what's going on with the Wildcats because we, we just got to know what's going on with our opponent. We don't want to take any chances. Uh, we need to find out, and there's a lot of things going on, on there, uh, in their program. So we'll get a chance to uh, – talk to uh to somebody about that here coming up on the other side of this break you're watching the ong strike zone we'll be back in just a moment this is carlos brown letting you know that we're on the move you can now catch the carlos brown show beginning this july on the black college sports network each and every saturday from 11 to 1 eastern time that's 10 to 12 central time same time new place on facebook at the carlos brown show and black college sports network online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Star Backyards Yellowwood brand pressure treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. 
Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. It's a pleasure to be joined right now by Jerry Ball of HailWildcats.com to, to give us the perspective from our, our, our uh, we, we, we call y'all our little brothers, Jerry, so don't be offended by that, you know, but uh, that's how we view things on this side of the track. But, uh, our, our Florida brothers, our me, our I almost said MEAC, our SWAC brethren uh, within the state. Uh, they cover uh, all things Bethune Cookman University. Jerry, as we were kind of just talking in the offline, you know, here is it's funny as FAMU, we are eight and two, and you know, we have our hiccups and we, you know, we we complain because we're not playing perfect and as we feel like we should, but we find ways to win. It's sort of been an opposite feeling for Bethune as you were just talking Bethune comes into this ball game two and eight what has this season felt like as you covered it and watched it this year yeah well first of all thank you for having me on and um you know we understand that you guys call us your little brothers and I see that's reflective even in my name my name's Jerry Bell but you call me Jerry Ball, oh, like the old no. Detroit Lions defensive tackle. But that's all right. <laughs> it's it's fam you Bethune cook when it's classic week. I fully accept it. So, but uh, what this season has felt like really is, uh, you know, it, it hasn't felt like Bethune Cookman football. It, it feels like you're watching. You know, I again, I've been around Bethune Cookman football for all of my 47 years. Born and raised in Daytona Beach, and um, even when Bethune Cookman would struggle and not win games. They still had an identity about themselves. You knew you were going to get good defense. You knew you were going to get a team that was physical and a team that would fight you. 
And this year has been very bad defense. It's been a team that is not resilient, a team that is a front-running team. As long as things are going well, they can compete with anyone. But as soon as adversity hit, it's like they're looking for the first exit out. They want to jump on the first bus out of the stadium. And that does not at all feel like the Bethune-Cookman football that I've been around for almost five decades. Mm, wow. Yes. Uh, so, so what y'all finna do? Is is this his last year? Or, are, you know, y'all looking to bring somebody else in? Because last year it seemed like y'all was trying to get rid of the man, and he came back like Jason of Michael Myers and them, and he was right back in the coach's seat again and, you know, coaching your team. So what's going to give? Um, you know, that's a very good question. And so, you know, just from the outside looking in, and it seems like everyone's on the outside looking in, even insiders, because it's really hard to know where the administration's going to go. And as you analyze it, you say, you know, not only is he only won two games this year, he only won two games last year. He, he won one, uh, one of his last four games in 2019. So he's, five and 20 over the last 25 that that's hard to justify that's really hard to justify however um there seems to be at bethune right now we don't have uh we have an interim president and so you know firing your head coach that's not normally we might uh, let's give jerry yeah, we'll give Jerry an opportunity to kind of reconnect his signal there. Um, so, it, wow, I did I did not know it was five and twenty five, Kelvin. Yikes! I knew it was yeah, bad because I was just yeah, looking at it. He's thirty eight. So, Coach Terry uh, Sims is who we're talking about. His current career, I was just looking at it, is thirty eight and thirty eight, and so and he's in his eighth year, and so it just lets you. I mean, just think about that. Five and twenty-five over yeah. the last two and a third seasons. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, so. I, I want to put a little context on that now. So last year, coming out of COVID, you know, they didn't have spring ball like we didn't have spring ball, and quite as it's kept, they didn't know if they were going to even play in the fall. So like, they didn't have so not what, only last they year? didn't have. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. So, cool. so okay, they got Jerry, a really late week. start going into last year. Uh, and and now that Jerry's back, I I kind of wanna. Uh, my question is going to kind of lead to this. Uh, yes, um, um, Sims has struggled over the last two and a half years. Granted, but he's had some very unusual circumstances to deal with. Um. Uh, last year, I was talking about you know not you know coming off COVID, didn't have spring ball uh, during the summer when you're trying to get the team together. You really didn't have that, and there were some things and decisions that that were made late. That you know typically on a, in a normal year, coaches would have had you know they would have known more, they would have they had more resources, they would have done some things, but they really were starting from scratch at the beginning of, the, of last year. Um, because of uh, things that were out of their control. And then this year, with the hurricanes and stuff and being displaced for months at a time, you know, and nothing was normal routine. So can you fairly 
um, judge him these last two years with those kind of circumstances. And if you want to expound, just kind of expound on on last year and then this year. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And, you know, I, I don't know at what point I cut off, but I think I was, you know, kind of making an argument of why you could say he could be let go. But the administration... Right. Is that him again? He got sniped. Yeah. 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 I think I think he right right as he was getting his his connection going there. Uh, we'll see if he quickly picks back up. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but but that's my only thing. That's my only thing. I I understand where you're going. I I know a lot of their fans kind of fall in that 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 uh, mindset. But he has. I have to say that he has not. Uh, had ideal circumstances to work with these last two years, and it's totally out of his control. Their budget or lack thereof a budget going into last last year, um, that had nothing to do with him and all the transition and changes in administrations and ads, the whole pushing Lynn out of stuff that had nothing to do with him. Then of course this right. year uh, with the hurricane, so it- that had nothing to do with him. So. So I have a little, I have a little sympathy. There's some empathy. Yeah, yeah there's some, definitely some some empathy towards the situation that he's dealing with. I I just wonder, and I I think Jerry was was talking about when you have an interim president, and having an interim president, uh, you don't want. I mean, do you make a change? Um. I, I guess, you know, m- normally you would say money talks and who knows what boosters, what influence boosters have in this kind of situation. And it makes me wonder, are they as sympathetic, empathetic about the scenario that you just pointed out? Go ahead, Jerry. We'll let you go. Yeah, go ahead, I, I'm ruining there. your show by getting cut off, but uh, not certain. It's, it's not it's too far. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, so as I was saying, it's um, the administration understands all that he's been under. And so because of that, there is still a strong uh, thought process that they're going to keep him, that they're going to bring him back. Again, you're, you're weighing that against you're losing interest amongst the fan base. You uh, have people aren't showing up to games. You know, even homecoming wasn't well attended. So you're going to have to balance that out, you know. And so, again, yeah. Terry Sims has been a faithful servant to Bethune-Cookman. He's had to deal with you know, you talk about all the changes this year alone, being displaced for three weeks straight for Hurricane Ian, being displaced for another week with Hurricane Nicole. You, uh, before any one of those things, he went the first three or four throughout training camp and through the first three weeks of the year, he couldn't get in more than two practices because of all the lightning and rain and dates on the beach. So there's a, that's just this year. Last year, you have a whole new athletic department where longtime athletic director Lynn Thompson is gone and the, dep- the assistant athletic director is gone and athletic over women is gone and the sports information director is gone. It, there's so many changes and so much he's had to deal with that um, it, it's hard to, to, to kind of figure out if anybody who can overcome all of those circumstances but what you want to see is improvement and you want to see guys winning. And while the administration understands that, the people who give, the people who support the fans, they don't always have an understanding for that and appreciation of that. And the question is, can the administration hold the fans off long enough to give them another year? You mentioned him being a faithful servant. I wonder 
while the administration is patient and and Coach Sims is doing the best that he can do, have you spoken with him or do you get a sense of what's his mindset? I mean, does, I'm sure at some point your frustration with things reaches a point where you say, maybe I should start to look elsewhere. Uh, what's that look like? Yeah, um, I haven't talked to him directly about his job, <laughs> but, you sure, know, from I, talking I to him, it, from talking to him, you can tell that he's he's frustrated and it's he under obviously again he's been in in circumstances that are just you know unimaginable um but he seems to want to stick around he wants to fix it i mean that's his nature he's a fixer he's a he's a strong his greatest gift is he's an administrator he can he knows how to run a program in fact when when he uh, arrived at the same time as brian jenkins back in 2010 and for those of us who are close to the program, when Brian Jenkins was the head coach, Brian Jenkins was the head coach. But Terry Sims was the guy behind the scenes running the administrative part of it, putting together everything. And so, you know, his nature is to fix things. So he's not looking to jump ship, you know. And I think if, if anybody went to him at the end of, of, of Saturday, regardless of the outcome, and asked, what do you want to do, even if another – Brian? Got him again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He, we, he must have a phone. Yeah. We just got to bring him um, back, you know. But this is yeah, good, yeah, we'll bring him you back know, here because, you know, again, just at FAMU with all of the things that we've had to endure this year, you would, you know, it's just interesting to hear somebody else's story, yep. you yes. know. Uh, from from yes. their standpoint, be like, you know, stuff is bad at fam, but you know, it's look over there. They got this, 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 and this. And the reality is, <clears throat> as we stated on our show, we've got to get out of the mentality of doing more with less. You know, Agreed. we got to get out of that mentality of, oh, he's gonna make it happen because this all we got, and we need him to do it. No. You know what I'm saying? We got to be able to get to a point where our programs as a whole are doing more with more. You know, especially when you just look out and you see a program like uh, a University of West Florida spring up out of nowhere and and they're extremely competitive and very good on their level and would be competitive in the darn swag if, if they wanted to. Right, if they were in our league, um, right. you look at what's happening at the University of South Florida. These guys about to get a whole new stadium, you know, uh, with with all of the amenities and everything that you would want. And you know, here's Cookman, who has been a mainstay as a football program and as a school since before South Florida even had a program, you know, a football program, and. You know, to see the the amount of craziness that's happening to them is is somewhat troubling. Even though I want to beat them, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, oh yeah, you know, Keith Co. Sims, all that stuff. But as HBCUs, uh, as HBCUs, it's time to step up and say, enough is enough. You know, because you know, anytime you spend over a hundred dollars for your Florida Classic uniform, 
as opposed to, you know, your season tickets and stuff, that's that's an issue. Well, let me, let me just add. Let, let me just add uh, uh, instability uh, again. What this is what happened anywhere, but particular with uh, HBCUs and our institutions. Um, when you have instability, when you have a bunch of change and transition at multiple levels at administrative level, um, you know it tends to breed um, incompetence and and, and and failure, and so and that's hard to overcome because you, you're already behind eight ball in terms of resources. Now you don't have vision and leadership or authority. So um, uh, it, it's important that we, 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 we make good hires at the leadership, president, board of trustees, all that. It's very important. And I think that's been our weakest point, honestly. And I grew fam you, of course. Uh, we've, right. we, we've, we've, we've not had the strongest leadership in our board of trustees and um and therefore it, it permeates throughout the organization right um i i see we're, we're probably we may have to try to do something maybe next week with jerry and see if we you know get him in and because i i think there's some interesting things he he, he started to talk on and, and so um i know jerry jerry jumped in there in the chat so I would say yeah, anybody on the chat, you got questions for Jerry. Uh, Jerry's in the chat, so you can catch him there. My question for Jerry was going to be, as he started talking about Coach Sims as an administrator, I wonder, you know, hearing that, was he ever in consideration or did anyone consider having him take over as the AD uh, instead of going to Reggie Theus, somebody who didn't quite know the, the Bethune culture, family, history, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious whether that was an option, you know, here, knowing, you know, w- what I know now uh, from Jerry. So I'm, I'm yeah. I'm just yeah, the BOT kind of... got fighting with the alumni association. So. Oh, that was going um, on. Oh, man. So it's just yeah, all kinds yeah, of yeah, stuff yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was just really a lot of dysfunction and, and, and um, you know, Remember they had uh what's her name the 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 secretary of education DeVoe come down there and yeah. speak uh you know why would you yeah. invite someone like that to your university so I mean to HBCU right um so right yeah right. yeah it, it, did, they got they got caught up in they got caught up in a politics game uh Brian I do want to yeah. mention before we before we leave this segment uh that yes. you know you know the article came out they re-upped the uh, Florida Classics. To, to okay. Three more let's transit. Let's let's transition to that. Let's transition to that before we go to a break because yeah. that just that yeah. popped up. What an hour yes. before we I, I tweeted it out. Uh, the article came out. Um, so those of you who didn't, so it, it's two pronged here. There's two things. I put out a poll. Uh, what just uh, the other day. Because, Kofi, you've been very adamant in, in discussions whenever someone asks about the Florida Classic and things of that nature, about where it should be, blah, 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 uh, and why not other cities get an opportunity, okay? So I put the poll out. Uh, let's see, what day was this? This was uh, late Tuesday. Where would you like to see the Florida Classic played in the future? Choices, Jacksonville, Tampa, Miami, stay in Orlando. From the votes of people who came in, 
55, almost 56% of the people said they'd want it to stay in Orlando, with Jacksonville coming in at 20.6% of the vote. Okay, so then the news now, I mean, obviously this is like pure coincidence, so one didn't have anything to do with the other here. But then <laughs> literally about 6 o'clock this evening, the – uh, hey, you know, who knows? The Florida Citrus Sports and the Florida Classic released a press uh, announcement that the Florida Classic Consortium, Florida Citrus Sports, extend partnership. I'll just read the first paragraph. It says, Bethune-Cookman University and Florida A&M University have reached an agreement to keep the Florida Blue Florida Classic in Orlando through the 2026 season. The renewal between the Florida Classic Consortium made up of leadership from both universities and Orlando-based Florida Citrus Sports was announced Wednesday by Bethune-Cookman University Interim President Dr. Larry Drake II and FAMU President Dr. Robinson. Um, no terms of about financials was discussed. Uh, this is the 25th official Florida Classic matchup between the schools here in Orlando. But the quote that caught me was, it says here, uh, with nearly 60,000 annual spectators in Orlando, a 47% increase over average attendance at previous game sites, the Classic generates an estimated economic impact of $30 million on the Central Florida region each season. That's the quote we've heard said by the mayor of Orange County before. So, we've seen the budget. We know how much FAMU gets from this deal. Just under a million, or probably right about a million. Is that right, Kelvin? Yeah. Yes. So. You mean for uh, athletics? Well, how much athletics get, yeah. 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 So, let's react to it. Let's react. While, while we've got time here in this segment. Before we go to break, uh, let's react. Go ahead, Kelvin. I'll give you first shot. So I'm gonna be quick because I know Kobe gonna really dig in. It's not it's not best business practice, and and, and you know that me I, I I like to do things um, in a methodical way and in a in in a, in a you know just to renew blindly right and have the honor system where we trust in the people who making these nego negotiations who we know Florida Citrus Sports know how to negotiate. But we know our administrators don't know crap about athletic uh, uh, revenue and media streaming and all that kind of stuff. What we should be getting out of there, but we do know our impact. We, you know, the impact is thirty million, right? And over twenty-five years, uh, thirty million. And then I, I see you give Ole Miss and Florida State three million. Uh, I mean, I feel a certain kind of way. But even without that, best business practice says that you put it out for bid. And you consider the bids. And there's a way to do bids. If you still want to keep it in Orlando, you can, right? You don't have to go, you don't have to, you can do an invitation to negotiate, uh, several other little tricks where, you know, see what people are willing to pay for the game. There's others, I mean, all, all the other three major cities who got NFL franchise have better stadiums than, than the Citrus Bowl, to be honest. Um, so for me, I, I don't go to the game because it's Orlando and I can go to Disney and all that kind of stuff. What's important to me is that it's a football game. And our athletic budget is 8.5. We need to get our athletic budget 
to 15 million. So when we negotiate and put this thing up for bid, I want to, uh, you know, as much money as possible going to FAMU Athletics. So, and that's the whole package. If I'm making 30 million, uh, bringing 30 million dollar impact to your city over over a weekend, then I, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect two million just for my athletic program. And, and so, okay. you know, that's that, so. so that, I have a problem that they didn't, they didn't, they weren't transparent, and they didn't follow best business practice. And I let Kobe go. Yeah, it, it was kind of it was uh, kind of interesting that this kind of popped up when it did. Kofi, what do you want to add about this? Because you you've uh, you, you put out some good thoughts about this uh, over the course of the last few days. I think he's getting his uh, his uh, his situation set up on his end. Um, Sorry about that. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Can you now. hear me? All right. I got you now. Um, as my brother Kelvin so eloquently stated, it's just extremely irresponsible for them not to put it up to bed, uh, considering all of the things that we need as a program. And as you can hear that Bethune-Cookman needs with their program and the, the, the documented impact that FAMU and Bethune-Cookman have on that region from a financial point of view, it only makes sense to either A, renegotiate, or at least put it out for bid, considering the fact that Tampa was offering considerably more money to bring the game back to Tampa. Now, I know that there are a number of fam viewers that are like, oh, I'll never, no, you land, you go, if the Florida Classic is in Tampa, <laughs> the Florida Classic, and we got a title on the line or something, you gonna have your behind right there. You can be mad, you come kicking and screaming, but you're going to be right there. Now, the thing is, Tampa was offering considerably more money than Orlando was offering at the time. And nobody even put it up for bid to even discuss it just to see if we could squeeze some more money out of Orlando. Who has it? They don't want to see the game leave. But if you never put it up to bid, you don't know what you could have gotten. And it's just irresponsible, just a lack of uh, business sense to say, you know, this is this is not enough. You know, this is this is not enough that we we understand our brand, we understand our worth, which tells me that you weren't even really discussing it. You couldn't have been discussing. You didn't have an athletic director to discuss it with. You know, so to rush this 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 process with an interim. It's just irresponsible. As as bright and as smart as, as, smart as uh, Brother Michael Smith is, he, he was the interim. So Dr. Larry Robinson, you know, who I really respect, but I have to challenge his thinking on this. Again, I don't think that you, you, you thought in the best interest and gave FAMU the best possible scenario with this. It's not, you know, for us to be getting 1.5 or a million dollars, not even 1.5 mil guaranteed, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. not even that is just almost, it's just disrespectful, you know, to, to, to put us in this, in this thing without 
without at least putting it out. Here, and the thing about Florida, the beautiful thing about Florida is that we don't have just one city. Like Louisiana, they really only have one city that they can really host, the Bayou Classic Inn. You People will say Shreveport, but at the end of the day, Shreveport is nowhere near New Orleans. Right. You know, you got a whole dome stadium. You got all of those people down there. It's right next to South. It's, it's the ideal circumstance. Even though they played it in Houston, you really only have one option, which is, mm-hmm. of course, New Orleans. In Texas, they've got options. But, you know, the Texas Southern people don't go to no games and neither do the Prairie View people, so it don't really matter. But in Florida, we've got Jacksonville. We've got Tampa. We've got Orlando. We've got Miami. We've got four NFL stadiums. And really and truly, this is the other thing. FAMU gets the P3 and really pushes the bar. We could host the Durham Florida Classic in Tallahassee. Now, I know people like the hotel prices, X, Y, Z, but guess what? Y'all will be right up here paying $600 to try to come up here to come to this game. And that'll be more events in the Tallahassee area, more money from the Tallahassee to the Tallahassee area if FAMU is hosting the Classic like we used to back in the day. Once again, it's just extremely irresponsible extremely irresponsible not to at least put it out for a discussion to see what we could get and document right. it so it's not a secret and uh, or behind the scenes about what we finna get or what we could have gotten. You know, we Kelvin, got to hear through the ground that Texas offered XYZ. Miami didn't even get an opportunity. And Miami has proven even in a preseason game, they can host the HBCU game. Right. So imagine, right. imagine the Florida Classic in Miami. It could work with South Florida alone. Not even with people traveling from this. North. Who would? Huh? Let, let me ask this. Who, Kelvin, who makes up, let me, uh, let me, excuse me, Kofi, let me ask this to Kelvin. Who, who makes up part of that consortium from the FAMU side? And I'm curious whether the AD or interim AD is in that along with the president and whomever else. So let let me be real clear. The AD typically, historically, has been has little influence on the decisions with athletics at FAMU. Right or wrong, whether they there or not, it ain't their decision. You have uh, the CFO, someone from is usually an executive assistant. You, you know, you, you have someone from um, Alumni Affairs, maybe Auxiliary Services. Uh, you know, you have uh, more representation from the university than you do the athletic department. Um, and they rather ask what AD thoughts are. That's the reality of it. All right. So that's the uh, leaders of your consortium. Okay. And, and the reason I ask that is because you got an interim president over there at Bethune. Didn't we just make some changes in our FAMU, uh, some of those executive positions that you just mentioned, like a CFO? What yeah, that, we, didn't that just yeah. happen? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, and then we yes. have, and, and we, and have, we, have, some, we have a lot of new AD. people in those positions too. Right. So, uh, you asked Kofi. So, going back to your <coughs> question that you just said about the timing of this, the timing is rich. 
in the standpoint of both schools almost saying, hey, we're not in a real position to negotiate because of instability on both of our sides or new people. Let's go ahead with everything. Everybody's everything loves. Everybody loves coming to Orlando. We love the relationship. We love the free tickets and the suites and all the other stuff you give us. Let's 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 extend the contract. And then when we come back to it in 2016, we'll renegotiate. I'm I'm speculating. I don't have any inside, but that's what it feels like could be at play. That's what it looked like. They were just comfortable. Yeah. They were just comfortable. Sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. They were just comfortable this, and didn't bother. Business. They didn't bother to even open it up for discussion to think. All you have is now the most precious commodity on the planet is time. Once time is gone, you can't get it back. Don't waste the time. Maximize the time. We're at the table now. Should we be asking for more money? Yes. How do we ask for more money? Who should I consult about asking for more money? You know, all of these things. Hey, let me let, what let, me, let me just jump in. What do you think? It's, it's huh? Let me let me jump with COVID. I, I want to because we you know we run into the time slot. I just want to yeah, say this exactly. The process is still this is similar. The dual ITN whatever procurement process you use the same that ain't changing no matter who the primary you need to go outside and to negotiate and in my opinion it would be more actually to go through that process because you got you don't you don't have everything in place that's even more of a reason to do a structured process just my thoughts I agree. all right um Let's transition, Mel. If you could get the uh, uh, talking to our producer on the back end, our volleyball info. We got it before we get into this uh, very quick because we only have so much time left tonight. Um, actually, go back one, Mel, to the uh, to the uh, previous before the. Uh, uh, got to make mention that over the weekend, FAMU ended up taking out not only Jackson State, but we took out Mississippi Valley State uh, on Senior Day. Uh, and, and those are our, our outgoing seniors. Uh, I want to make sure, uh, obviously, you see there pictured, you've got um, our, our seniors, uh, many of whom that obviously you got Dominique there to the far left, uh, Iram number seven. Uh, you've also got, uh, let's see, let's see, the other seniors included uh, Marina, uh, Yepes, uh Ibuke Katabiaka, I think I may have said that right, and Karina, Karina Presser. I know. <laughs> and those are our five seniors. They're pretty much the same five that I that I predicted uh, were our outgoing seniors. And of course, defend, defending player of the year and setter of the year. Uh, I, I think they'll make the official announcement about the awards coming up in a day or two. So FAMU did finish as the co-regular season champions, finishing 15-1 and one, along with Alabama State. But uh, the bracket seedings came out. And what you'll see in the bracket seedings is FAMU is actually the two seed. And that is primarily because in our head-to-head matchups, 
Uh, we defeated Alabama State three games to two. They defeated us three games to one, thus giving them the one-game uh, one advantage over us, so they got the one seed. Actually, I like being the two seed better, in my opinion, because, A, we don't have to play Jackson State, who I personally think is better than Grambling State. Um, Jackson State, we beat 3-1 the two times we played them. Grambling State, we swept. So just to say that, you know, obviously the Lady Rattlers, uh, can, leave, can you leave that up for a second, Mel? Uh, the, the Lady Raptor, uh, Lady uh, Rattler, excuse me, the two seed playing the November 18th, that is Friday at 4 o'clock with a win against UAPB, moved to the semifinals on Saturday at 4.30 p.m., probably Grambling State. Then the championship game, is Sunday at 3. That probably will be broadcast, and it'll probably either be against Alabama State or Jackson State. So that's how that matchup rolls. So that's uh, that's what they're doing. You guys got any thoughts on volleyball here before I move over to women's basketball? Quick mention. No, bro. This is why we're here. You know, we've been talking about building towards the tournament the entire year. Uh, now that it's here, it's time to get it done. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think um, sometimes losses do help. I, people say that I, I have mixed feelings about that, I like beat everybody all the time. But uh, I think that our girls are going to be woke. I think they're going to be uh, extra motivated, especially if they play, no matter who they play, especially losing to Alabama State the way that they did. Um, you know, it leaves the door open for much improvement going into the tournament. So I'm just looking for these ladies to bring home. Uh, how about you, Kel? Uh, pretty much what Kobe said. Uh, we we thought they'll be in a position to win the uh, regular season and tournament. They're in position to win the regular season tournament. Good luck to uh, Coach Gokhan and the team. And th that tournament is out in Houston, Texas. So, you know, calling all the uh, Texas Rattlers, the Houston Rattlers, if you're not traveling towards – the Florida Classic, then go to uh, I. Uh, who is the host? Did any idea who the host is? Is it Houston? That means it's either Texas Southern, I think. So I think Texas, Texas Southern, Southern is the host. Yeah, Texas Southern is the host. So go to Texas Southern uh, University and go support our ladies, uh, and then have a watch party for the Florida Classic. And then the same thing, you folks in Orlando, plan on having a watch party Sunday afternoon for uh, the Lady Rattlers, wherever you are here in Orlando on Sunday, if you don't head back to Tallahassee or, or wherever your home is in the state, if you hang around, then uh, get together with your groups and maybe the one of the national or local alumni chapters will, will publicize a watch party. Uh, that would be great because uh, this will be a good opportunity for us to kind of go back to the NCAA tournament two consecutive years. Um, our women's basketball team got a dub the other day. Monday night, they defeated Georgia South. Now, Georgia, uh, Georgia, Georgia State, State, excuse me. That's This was the game that I was looking forward to, to see how we would do against another mid-major. Mid Georgia State is from the Sun Belt. Uh, coming into the contest, they were 1-2. FAMU won 65-57. Uh, Ariana Grizzle with 18 points. Uh, made 12 free throws. Uh, Dylan Horton added 15. 
Uh, Yvette Subarets with nine and Skylar Baltazagar with eight. And good to see Skylar out there. Skylar, uh, 6'2 post. Good to see her out there along with uh, Midi Oriemi. Uh, and so the ladies uh, are now one and two. I mentioned it earlier. FAMU's women had not won a game prior to Thanksgiving since 2015. I mean, in terms of the start of their season. So being one and two, if you want to throw in the exhibition game, you can say two and two, even though it technically doesn't count. But just having wins early is a good feeling, good start. Yeah. Uh, so congrats to uh, the ladies, Coach Pillow. Now they travel to East Lansing to take on Michigan State. Uh, that team, they play tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be a tough one because that team yeah. is, I mean, now they've beaten up on some people. I think they've uh, averaged, they averaged something like 88 points, 84 points a game. And their margin of victory in their four games has been like 44 points. So that's what FAMU, if FAMU cannot turn the ball over, that that's going to be the key. It, it's going to be, if we turn the ball over all day, I, hey, you, that's going to be ugly. We'll be part of that 44 point average right up there. Uh, speaking of basketball, we got to talk, just quickly mention the men's side of things in the SWAC because the FAMU and Oregon kicked off the SWAC versus uh, Pac-12 challenge involving six schools, right? And so within that, FAMU was on the road. And over the last three games, we've seen three SWAC schools win at home. Uh, we saw... Where is it at? Where is it at? Come on. Where is it at? Where is it at? Uh, we saw Grambling State defeat Colorado at home. We saw Texas Southern defeat Arizona State at home. And Prairie View defeated Washington State at home. I think all three of those games occurred uh, like Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Something like that. And that that comes on the heels of, uh, let's see, Alabama State. They lost to USC. Southern lost to Arizona. And we lost to Oregon. So, Trust me, the, the, the Pac-12, they did not expect to go 3-3 three and three against the swag. Matter of fact, did you see the comment from uh, – what was the coach from – I think it was the coach from Arizona. Arizona. Who was kind of – yeah, who was, little, he was a little 38 mad about about this, uh, his conference foes or his conference mates losing to the swag, basically saying, you know, these are the kind of games we're supposed to win. Yeah, you know, so you were supposed to win them, but you didn't. And so – I don't know if it helps our RPI conference RPI, but I know it hurts theirs. Oh yeah, and so, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you know, uh, good stuff, man. You guys got any thoughts on that? Quickly, that was great for uh, SWAC basketball and great for HBCU basketball, and it's good to see us compete because you know, just really and truly, um, I, our HBCU stand a real chance to really strongly compete. Um, with our Olympic sports, if we take the time and invest in those programs properly. Um, and it was good to see the, the intensity and the belief of our guys to get out there and get in their face and make it happen. Uh, the portal is not just in football, it's also in basketball and, uh, and really all of our sports. So we're able to um, acquire some athletes who, who are hungry, who want to play, who matched up well. And we were able to get out there with the SWAC, with our SWAC teams and really get it done. So I'm proud of how the SWAC represented. 
All right. Um, agreed. Anything you want to add in there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, just just right. agreed. Um, I think it's really important. Um, basketball is a revenue-generating sport, and if we can consistently start to win these games and schedule these games uh, and get multiple teams in the postseason, it helps the, the revenue distribution for the conference, uh, which equates to money. And it takes less money to be a uh, power in basketball than it does football. You know, you're only dealing with uh, 12 scholarships versus, you know, uh, 63 or 82. So um, I, I would like to see HBCUs invest more in, uh, in, 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 in men's and women's basketball specifically because we can get a return on investment faster. And um and um and you know all you need is five five people five good players you know two studs um in today's yeah. game right so 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 right so um but good job Sway. Bubble. yeah uh mo- most recently our men's team lost down at Miami uh so currently zero and four but a winnable game is coming up on Monday against Albany State. Uh, so that will be Albany State at home on Monday in uh, the Lawson Center, 7 p.m. Eastern. And that will be the last game before Thanksgiving. And then they'll come back from Thanksgiving and go to Florida and then up to University of Georgia. So um, the most offense in terms of points scored that the team had this year, they got into the 60s for the first time this year. So it's uh, slowly starting to come together. And we'll just kind of keep our fingers crossed uh, that uh, here in the next couple weeks with a win, hopefully, uh, it'll start to look like something. So that's all I got on that. All right. Uh, SWAC action football coming up. The uh, the East has been decided. Jackson State wins the East by virtue of their win over Alabama A&M. Uh, the scenarios in the West are aplenty. Prairie View A&M is at Mississippi Valley State on Saturday, 1 o'clock. That'll be on... I think YouTube on the Mississippi Valley State Sports Network. Um, Prairie View wins. They go into the West. They clinch it. If by some chance they stumble and lose to Valley, then all of a sudden the interesting chaos happens where Southern, Alcorn, and Texas Southern all have an outside shot based on how they all play. And so, you know, Jackson State is at Alcorn State, 2 o'clock Central, 3 Eastern. That's who Alcorn has to deal with. Texas Southern has to go to Alabama A&M. That's a 1 p.m. Central, 2 Eastern on HBCU Go. That's who they have to deal with. And then, of course, what's all said and done at that point is the uh, Bayou Classic for Southern against Grambling. That's next Saturday in New Orleans. Uh, what do you guys see? I'll start with you, Kofi. How do you see the West playing out? Prairie View. We'll keep it simple. Yep. <laughs> All right. Prairie View. All right, so you no chance no that chaos. Valley trips him up. All right, no, nope. so you guys are going with the no chaos. No chaos. All right, I, it's not, you know, I, I was hoping you guys would buy into the chaos. I want chaos, so I'll be rooting for Valley this weekend because I want to see chaos. As, and if you heard the scenarios, I think Drew and I did on the the show from Doctor. I mean, it's crazy the the scenarios that could happen if you have three, God forbid, four teams tied. 
That's crazy. <laughs> Kobe's like, no, not happening. <laughs> okay. Uh, quickly, let's give our bold prediction, score, bold prediction for this upcoming game. FAMU Bethune-Cookman. Who you got, uh, or not who you got, but what's your bold prediction for Saturday, Kofi? FAMU by 21. Uh, bold prediction in a uh, pick six for a touchdown. Okay. Okay. What do you got, Kelvin? Fam, you big. Um, let's say uh, pro prediction. Um, we finally hit forty plus. Finally hit forty. Forty points. Oh, last year, uh, what was the score? Forty-six to twenty-seven last year, something like that. We put forty-six nah, points up on the board. Yeah, they they they, they yeah, scored they did. touchdowns late. No, I'm saying yeah, we scored we scored late, but I mean it, it was like 47 20 or something like that. Gotcha. 24 uh, 46 my, 24. Okay, my bold look, we ran the ball 34 times. That's kind of what we've been. I'm going I'm saying that we run the ball I'm I'm going to go all, I'm going to go 45 times. I think coach Simmons hears us. He hears all of you. He hears it. He knows. I'm. I'm. I think we are going to get the healthiest. <laughs> hey, I said this bold prediction segment. We are going we are, to feast we are. and eat uh, with the running game, and I think we run at least forty-five times. That's my bold prediction. Forty-five times, three rushing touchdowns at least uh, from from FAMU's offense. On uh, Saturday, Cookman that, defense is not good. I saw Cookman defense is the weakest part of their team. They they give up forty to everybody, so I don't think it really matters I, well, this game. I I just think Coach hears it, and I think he's going to minimize the game for Musa, and and not ask him to do so much. And I just I'm okay. It's bold prediction. We'll see what happens. I I think FAMU uh, also by three touchdowns. Playoffs. Yeah, playoffs are in mind. Hey, look. Let's talk about it real quick. Uh, I after listening to Sam Herter from uh, who covers that stuff, I'm watching all these other teams that have seven wins, uh, because our strength of schedule is low. I, I'm just I'm worried if because it's of 50, our strength it's of schedule, it's a fifty-fifty proposition at this point. We 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 yeah. need what we need to happen, and it happened last year. Everybody who needed loses lost. Uh, we needed some yes. of those teams with only seven wins, six wins, uh, not to upset the, the high-ranked teams they'll be playing. We 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 really need that. So hopefully that'll happen. I'm glad they put the bid up, um, put the bid in. Um, I think the NCAA yes. won us in the in the uh, in the playoffs, uh, but we got we. But it's fifth fifth proposition right now. Yeah, we got to do our part. We got to do our part. Uh, final thoughts, Kofi. How about you? as the playoffs coming around the corner? Well, you know, I, I just want us to take care of our business first. Um, do what we got to do. Uh, otherwise, whatever happens, I really could care less. But um, I want us to to at least have that opportunity. I think it's good for the program uh, to be in the playoffs. It's good for our coaches. It's good for our players to play against uh, better quality competition. And it prepares and it sets the stage for next season. So I'm I'm looking forward 
to uh, the outcome on Saturday. We're gonna we're gonna take it wherever it goes. Uh, I'm with all of you. I'm with you, Karen, Montre, Edwin. Everybody's running. Musa's running. Uh, McLeod's running. Jennings is running. Davis is running. Hell, we might see a DeAndre Francis. He's running. They might even run some sweeps with Xavier Smith. He's running. Everybody's running on Bethune. I'm telling you, 45. Just take it to the bank now. Uh, I'm telling you, that's what's happening. Okay, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Saturday morning, be looking out for the announcement. We're going to tell you where we're going to be. You will tell you about the tailgate spot. We want to see you. We'll do a pregame show. Uh, maybe we'll get some some guests. We're, we're, we'll start looking into getting some guests, and, and we'll kind of start breaking this down. We'll talk more about not only this Florida consortium deal. We'll talk more about playoffs. We'll talk about we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this Bethune Cookman game. Uh, so be make make sure you're following us, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Uh, go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google play an apple app store my jbn my bcsn is where you can find us and then go download the podcast if you missed this any portion of the show go download the uh bcsn pod zone on alexa music spotify google apple podcast everywhere and uh download the podcast version of the show it should be up in the morning uh, or either uh, real late tonight gotta thank our guest uh, Coach Walter Highsmith for coming in and joining us. Got to thank Jerry Bell. Uh, sorry about the, the the little technical issues that we had, but hopefully we'll get Jerry in and we can talk more about uh, what's happening with Bethune, whether it be on this show or maybe Saturday. even on the uh, – uh, uh, yeah, Hey, exactly. Jerry, uh, come over to the tailgate spot. We'll make sure to reach out and let Jerry know, and then we can have Jerry live. I love that. Great idea, Kelvin. And uh, Mel, those of you who want to meet producer Mel, she'll be in attendance at the tailgate. So you get a chance to meet producer Mel as well. And so we'll all be there. So we're looking forward to a good time Saturday as uh, we head to Orlando. Huh? Jerry Ball. (laughs) Right. I don't know. That's probably probably on me. It's, It's Bell. Jerry Bell. All right. Jerry Bell. Did I say it again? Did I say ball again? I know I didn't say ball again. I said Yes, you did. Did I really? God bless it. I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sitting here looking at Bill. It's a lot going on. Sorry, Jerry. My my apologies, man. My apologies. Okay, let's get out of here. That means it's time to go. I'm getting old. Thank you for watching, everybody. Uh, We're going to be looking for that strange-looking Wildcat mascot. And when you see him, just put your It's that birthday. Look. It's our birthday. Anyway, what? Whose birthday? It's our birthday. It's my birthday tomorrow. It's my birthday tomorrow on Friday. Hey. Hey, birthday weekend. Birthday weekend. All right, free shots. Come on, Riley. Hey, got to get some, bring some shots. Bring some shots for Kobe and Kelvin. Bring some shots. (laughs) Hey, uh, you guys be good to yourself out there. Let's go. Let's go. Make sure to strike. Strike. And strike again, Rattler Nation. Peace out. Thank you.